You're tuned into Two Shades of Blue, a Carolina Blitz podcast featuring Royal and Terrence, two brothers from another mother who rep rival teams eight miles down Tobacco Road. Each week, Royal and Terrence will give their real and unbiased take on all Carolina sports and entertainment. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the Two Shades of Blue podcast. My name is Royal Howell, my co-host Terrence Hatchett. And today, ladies and gentlemen, we have opening week of the NFL, baby. Opening week. It's been a long, long, long wait, but we finally here. Opening week starts Thursday night with the Bucks and Cowboys. Um, the defending champion, Super Bowl champions, will open up against the Cowgirls of Dallas. Um, but we're going to start first with opening week for a lot of ACC football teams as well as your top 25 teams. Uh, specifically, the ACC had a down week um, to kick off their opening um, weekend of college football. We had Duke lose to UNC Charlotte, who UNC Charlotte was hosting for the first time ever, their first Power 5 conference bowl at Jerry Richardson Stadium. Um, UNC Charlotte did upset Duke. Uh, we had UNC go to Virginia Tech. UNC was ranked, I believe, 10th in the country. Um, they went to Virginia Tech. Blacksburg's always a tough place to play. Um, they lost as well. We had Miami get smacked against the number one team in the country. Um, we had Clemson, top five matchup at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, Clemson versus Georgia Bulldogs. Georgia won 10 to three. Um, a lot of people, a lot of fans, a lot of media weren't really impressed with the gameplay. But if you're a true football fan, a true historian of the sport, you will understand that defensive games are the best games to watch. Um, you had Georgia win, like I said, 10 to three. Terrence, give me your surprise of the weekend in college football, man. What was the surprise pick out of all the games? Huh. Uh, my surprise? I was more just disappointed in DJ Ugolele. I thought I expected more. Um, I know that he he had some games underneath his belt last year, and you know he's a big, strong quarterback, and he played very well against Notre Dame uh, last year and even against Boston College. So I mean, to watch Clemson just get absolutely manhandled in the trenches by the Georgia D line was shocking. Um, DJ didn't go through his progressions very well. Uh, I mean, the last two games that we say from Clemson, both times, they've just been absolutely dominated in the trenches by the Ohio State defensive line. <laughs> and then we saw Justin Fields light them up in the bowl game. And then, you know, Saturday, I mean, it was 10 to three, but Georgia really should have won that game by at least two touchdowns. I mean, Georgia got moved the ball much better than Clemson did. And then they got down and missed field goals and, you know, sus play calling. And, you know, Georgia is one of those teams where you look at the landscape college football as a team that could possibly challenge Bama, but they're conservative. They're like a offense is what hurts Georgia at the quarterback position. I know they had some receivers out, but man, like, I'm looking at the landscape of college football right now. It looks like it's going to be another year of Bama versus the field. I mean, Oklahoma, you want to talk about surprise, Oklahoma should have lost on Saturday to Tulane. You yeah. know, they caught a very questionable pass interference on the Tulane defense that allowed Oklahoma to kill some clock. 
But Tulane had a chance to drive down the field at the end of the game, win that game. And, you know, not to go completely off topic, but, you know, this quarterback class in next year's NFL draft, I mean, you had these guys, Spencer Rattler, Heisman favorite, struggled, made poor decisions. I don't really see a lot of a rocket arm out of Spencer Rattler. Um, Sam Howell struggled. I mean, UNC got manhandled in the trenches, and UNC had all their starters returning on their offensive line. That was a huge disappointment. That was a huge disappointment. Yeah. Uh, and then, I mean, Miami, I mean, I expected a little bit more fight from Miami, but when you're playing Alabama, you cannot let Alabama drive down the field and score in their first possession because it's going to be a snowball effect. Alabama was the more dominant team on both sides of the trenches. Their skill players were better, and they just had a be- their attitude. Alabama just came out and just wanted to punish Miami. I mean, they just flat out embarrassed Miami. And Miami's not a bad team, but yeah. Miami, you know, has talent. Let me but add the difference this is Bama. Ha- oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me add this on Miami. When you sit there and say you're going to whip up on Alabama before the game even starts, and then you're down 27 points, and your coach allows the defense to wear the turnover chain, you're down 27 points. The turnover gets uh, it gets reversed. The fact of the matter is you're down 27 points, getting smacked on all faces of the game. It's not even competitive at that point. You have Bryce Young out there looking like an angle Heisman Trophy winner, and you're down 27 points wearing a turnover chain. Like, it just speaks volumes of you're putting your foot in your mouth. That's basically what happened. You got smacked around – on both sides of the football, man. I mean, it's like like Coach, like Coach Cutliffe told us yesterday during Duke's presser, he had to put his vote in today. He said he's going to vote Alabama number one, and he said basically throw the rest of the teams in a hat and just throw it out because it doesn't matter at this point. It's Alabama versus everybody else. That was the exact words. So, I mean. Exactly. I mean, you have Alabama offensive linemen, 6'7", 350, doing 48-inch split box jumps. Neil on Alabama, if I'm the Panthers, I'm taking a hard look at him. I am taking a hard look at him in the draft because he absolutely pancaked a Miami Dean lineman and just flattened him to the ground like he was nothing. Like Alabama was just nastier, bigger, stronger in the trenches. And see, in order to beat Alabama, you have to have a quarterback that's mobile, a line that can block their D-line, then you have to have a D-line yourself to kind of create havoc in the trenches. I mean, you have to – and the only teams I could really see giving Alabama a run for the money right now, honestly, I don't see anybody. I didn't see enough from Georgia. I know Georgia is ranked number two right now because they you know, beat Clemson, but offensively, I mean, JT Daniels didn't really do much. And like I said, I know Georgia has three or, or four of their top receivers out against Clemson, which would – but still, like, I didn't really see much on the offensive side of the ball from Georgia. Now, defensively – Georgia might be able to hang, but are they going to be able to score enough points? That was their problem in the national championship game a few years ago. They had a lead, but they couldn't keep scoring more points to apply more pressure, and eventually Bama caught up, caught them. So that's always been the issue with Georgia is can their offense produce enough points against Bama? And honestly, I don't know. I mean, Ohio State, I mean, C.J. Stroud at times was like a, a, a new starting quarterback. Then at times he looked good. You know, they still have Olave. They still have weapons, but – we I, we'll have to see what happens. You know, Ohio State has a big game on Saturday against Oregon. Um, it'll be interesting to see if uh, Kayvon Thibodeau will play for Oregon because he's a guy that can cause havoc. 
on the you know in the trenches. Matter of fact, a lot of people say he might be the top pick in the draft. Yeah, you know he had a foot sprain. So, yep. Yeah, he has a foot sprain, so it's kind of questionable to see if he plays. But if he does play, he can be a difference maker in that game. Um, the game is in the Horseshoe in Columbus. Ohio State should win, but you know we'll see, man. Like a lot of these teams, you know, Alabama has a new starting quarterback. Ohio State has a new starting quarterback. Clemson has a new starting quarterback. You know, the usual suspects are starting new quarterbacks. Um, ACC-wise, I mean, really, this weekend was a complete catastrophe for the ACC because you got to think about it. Your top-ranked team lost, but then your second and third-highest-ranked teams got beat in in pretty significant fashion. I mean, Miami just got steamrolled. Yeah, and I was, I was surprised Miami still ranked. They were ranked like twenty third in the poll. UNC still ranked. You know, Virginia Tech caught up in the rankings, but I mean, does Clemson have any signature games left on their schedule? That's the you no. Know. I'll tell you this about Clemson, and they made it a point this morning. I saw on television and on ESPN Radio they mentioned it a little while ago. Um, like you said, does Clemson have any really big game coming up this season? You got to look at it. They was literally one possession for winning that ball game. One throw, pick six, and we're having a different discussion possibly right now. Um, as bad as they look, they were still in the game. But the fact of the matter is they're ranked number six. It's almost as if, you know, you have a bunch of, you know, Bama's number one. I think Georgia's went two. They yeah. eventually will play each other potentially. But I think if anything, the SEC would possibly get two teams in the playoff, four teams in, somebody from the Big Ten probably – Ohio State has some big games. They have Iowa and Iowa State, which is what ninth and tenth in the rankings. They still got to mm-hmm. play each other. They can still play mm-hmm. Penn State. They still play Michigan. It's still some big games. So it's almost like if one of those teams lose and Clemson continues to win out, usually an ACC team gets one team in the playoff game. So it's almost as if Clemson can't afford to lose any more games. That's for sure. But would you jump a potential Pac-10 team like Oregon? They lost to Ohio State this weekend, but one out. Would you jump them over Clemson for that final number four playoff spot? I mean, it's a be it'd be a very interesting topic to bring up just because the fact of the matter is, other than Miami and North Carolina and Virginia Tech, what's another big time name or big time game on Clemson's schedule the rest of the season? It's I not mean, there I, at all. I have Clemson schedule right now. Now I will say NC State is just outside of the top twenty-five. They may be ranked by the time they play Clemson. Yeah. So I'm looking at Clemson's schedule. They play South Carolina State, then they play Georgia Tech, then September 25th at NC State. That'll probably be the a biggest game, game left on this. Yeah, yeah that'll probably be the biggest game left on this schedule. Yeah. I mean, Florida State is an interesting game because Florida State showed improvement. Now, we talked about this on our last pod. I think Florida State is going to be better than, than what their record this year is going to be because Florida State has a tough schedule. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they look pretty good against Notre Dame. They really could have won that game. Um, yeah. It looks like, there- looks like they finally found a quarterback. They had a good running game, if they can get the quarterback position figured out and a little bit better offensive line play. Um, Florida State's a team that could, yeah, Florida State's a team that could probably, you know, shake some things up a little bit. Um, like I said, I, we said last week, I think they're a year away. They have a strong recruiting class coming in next year. They're actually the top-ranked class in the ACC. Um, I think they're a year or two away. But, you know, if they play – like they play against Notre Dame consistently throughout the year. I mean, that's a team that could give Miami, they play UNC and Clemson. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they beat one of those three teams this year. To let be honest with let you. me ask you this. Do we have quarterback controversy at Florida State? 
after Jordan Travis went down, Mackenzie Mitchell, who hasn't, you know, he had a gruesome injury uh, a season ago, um, spinal surgery. I think he had three spinal surgeries. He was even, wasn't even supposed to be playing football. The doctors say it was a miraculous miracle for him to be even on the field at all. He came and led Florida State down the field. The offense looked just totally different with him in the ball game. Um, you know, he looked spectacular when he was on the field. He brought that energy. Entering the fourth quarter, the team was down 18 points, 38 to 20. He brought them back into overtime. So, I mean, it speaks volumes that the team responded, being down 18 points at home. It was the first game after um, Bobby Bowden, legendary coach for Florida State, who passed away um, recently. Um, the team was beating up all that energy. Do we have some type of quarterback controversy at Florida State team? I think Mackenzie Melton is the quarterback next week. I think he's QB1. Now, Travis, you can still have some packages with him, but Jordan Travis is a runner more than – he's not going to give you much in the passing game. We saw that against Notre Dame. Um, you know, Mackenzie was able to, you know, bring them back. Um, I think he just makes the passing games a little bit more – completes the passing games a little bit better. So, I think you have to go with him. And Like I said, you can use both. You can have packages with both. But I think um, Mackenzie Melton is the quarterback – for the rest of the season, Florida State wants to surprise people because uh, a lot of people don't have Florida State winning a lot of games this year. But like I said, I think they're better than what their their record in the year might not reflect. How, you know the improvement that they made. It's obvious that they made improvements uh, under Coach Mike Norvell. They've been recruiting well. They have a strong class coming in next year. They have another strong recruiting class. The year after that, Florida State's a team that's going to be on the rise in the next few years for sure in the ACC. That's a team definitely to kind of just keep an eye on in the ACC. But, I mean, Clemson should be able to run the table with this schedule. I mean, after the, you know, they play at Pitt, at Syracuse, at Louisville. I mean, Louisville look, got molly walked by Ole Miss yesterday. Like, then they play at South Carolina, and then they play Connecticut. I mean, Clemson can run the table. The question is, is it going to be enough? Um, mm-hmm. There's not really any signature games left on the schedule, and we don't know who's going to be – in the ACC championship game, and we don't know what the record is. I mean, UNC, for example, I don't know what UNC's mental psyche is going to be after that disappointing game. They, um, Virginia Tech, we've seen Tech win, you know, upset some people in the past, and then they've fallen apart. And then, like I said, Miami, there's another team. Can they bounce back from being demoralized? Because we've seen teams get absolutely demoralized by Bama and not recover. So that would be interesting to see what happens with the U. And who comes out of that coastal division? The coastal is always unpredictable. Um, so. Do you think? Do you think that Clemson losing brought confidence to you know potential teams in ACC such as like Virginia Tech, um, Miami, um, North Carolina, who's coming off a loss? Uh, you know, possibly Boston College with a you know they have a potential first round quarterback and they have a wide receiver in Jay Flowers, who's definitely going to be an NFL prospect in another, another year. Or so, um, do you think? Clemson losing to, you know, Georgia brought them back down to earth a little bit. Do you think these other teams gain confidence? Because my opinion is this. Those other teams don't have a top five defense in Georgia. Georgia has pr- probably three or four first-rounders on the defense line to begin with. If Clemson played any other team, you know, in the ACC, they probably would have won the game potentially. Um, Georgia just a different type of defense. Um, and prevents, you know, they prevent a lot of type of problems that you won't necessarily see on a day-to-day basis. I will say this DJ Ugele looked uh, very anemic, in my opinion, in that ball game. There was a lot of times I thought he could have ran. It's almost like Dabo put the clamps on him and told him just to stay in the pocket. It's almost like he was forced to be a pocket passer 
And I'm not saying he can't pass from the pocket, but he looked very uncomfortable. Georgia brought defense pressure continuously on all sides of the ball game on Saturday night. And DJ just looked very uncomfortable. Um, but do you think that that brought confidence to these other teams in ACC looking like, hey, we have a chance to finally knock off Clemson, who was completely on the ACC like the last seven years, I believe? Um, I mean, maybe, but like you said, do they have the personnel to pull it off? I mean, you know, Clemson's line got mashed up by Georgia, but besides Alabama and maybe Ohio State, who really in the nation has the personnel Mm -hmm. to do what Georgia just did to Clemson? You know, maybe some other team in the SEC, um, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I know Florida – plays Alabama in a couple weeks. We'll see what Florida's on. Um, the SEC West, I mean, Texas A&M is ranked fifth, but we'll, we'll wait and see when A&M actually plays some competition. But, I mean, really, there's not many teams that have the D-line that Georgia has. The only other team that you could probably say right now is Alabama, and, and you know, Alabama's Alabama. So, you know, did teams possibly find a weakness? Maybe. Do they have the personnel to pull it off? I don't see it right now in the ACC, but, you know, any given Saturday, you never know, though. Um, Clemson has to get their offense going for sure, though. Um, Like you said, DJ, there were times where I thought he could have ran the ball, and he just didn't run the ball. And he's a big quarterback. And it's like you said, it seemed like he had a leash put on him or he was just told to stay in the pocket. And then he wasn't making his progressions very well. He was staring at his primary receiver. You know, that pick six, he was staring at the receiver the whole time, and the safety baited him right into it. So, you know, the good thing for Clemson fans is that, you know, the schedule is not too difficult, so you have time to figure all this stuff out. And they're still sitting there at six in the top ten. So it's almost like, you know, one of these teams in front of them will lose. They have to play each other, which potentially could put Clemson back into the top four. Um, They're sitting right there to, you know, play their way – potentially back into the top four. So we'll see, you know, as the season progresses, what will happen. Like I said, a lot of these teams play each other. There's still a lot of top 10 matchups coming up. Um, but what, like I said before, we started this show, um, you know, this season, you know, it was one game. I don't want to sit here and overreact about it. You know, it's one game, first game of the season. You're still trying to, you know, go through the progressions, uh, get your chemistry with one another. Um, just see what happens from here going on out, man. But like I said, Clemson, um, you know, due to their schedule, we'll see what happens. Uh, this is opening week of the NFL. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Dallas Cowboys Thursday night, 8.20 p.m. NBC. We have a bunch of big-time games this Sunday, man. Your Carolina Panthers open up at Bank of America Stadium against the Jets. Sam Darnold plays his old team, the New York Jets. Bank of America Stadium, 1 p.m., I believe. Um, we have my Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. Um, the big story that's been around news is JJ um, TJ Watt. Is he going to play this Sunday? Because you know he's still looking for a contract extension. Um, Pittsburgh, I think, have a little bit of money. They're still paying Big Ben, which that's a topic for a different day. Um, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars and Houston Texans, who Houston just named Tyrod Taylor, veteran quarterback in the NFL. They're started this week coming up. We have the Tennessee Titans at the Cardinals, which I think will be a nice game. Ryan Tannehill was just activated back from the COVID list, so he will be playing. We have the Chargers and Redskins, Philly and Atlanta. It's some big-time games coming this week. Uh, 
We have the Chiefs and Browns, 425 kickoff at CBS. That's going to be a very entertaining game. The Browns, who um, made a little noise last year, they get Odell Beckham back, Jarvis Landry, Baker Mayfield. Um, they're going to be very entertaining, I think. They also got your boy from uh, – what's the defensive end? Uh, he's on defense. I can't think of his name right now. Uh, Jesus. Sorry, who, who are you talking about? For the Cleveland Browns, uh, defensive end. Uh, they just got him. He's on the opposite side of uh, – oh, my God, I can't think of his name right now. He played for the Titans. Uh, you know what? Sorry, y'all. Sometimes when we do live stuff, we <laughs> – Tend to I can't think names. of name right now. <laughs> the defense is going to be much improved for sure. And then we have the Packers against the Saints. Uh, give me your week one storylines going to a matter of fact, here, I got it right. Javian Clowney. Javian Clowney. There you go. I'm sorry, y'all, man. Sometimes, like you say, sometimes you go blank going live. But um, Clowney added on that defense. That defense is going to be very, very scary, man. Um, their biggest question is going to be consistency at the quarterback position. Um, they have Nick Chubb in the backfield. Long as is healthy, I think the Browns can make some noise also. Um, but it all depends on the consistency from Baker Mayfield. T, give me your big time games this week coming up, starting with your Panthers, man. How do you feel? How do you feel going into Sunday morning? Huh. I mean, should the Panthers win on Sunday? Yes. But you know, week one of NFL is always kind of like unpredictable because you know, preseason things are very vanilla, and you know. You just don't know. I mean, the Panthers should win this game. Our, our offense, I mean, Sam Darnold just has to give the ball to the open weapon because we have plenty of weapons. We have Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrence Marshall. Um, you know, we have we have three tight ends on the roster, Ian Thomas, um, Trimble, and Dan Arnold. We have Chubba Hubbard at running back. I mean, we we have plenty of weapons. So, really, Sam Darnold doesn't have to win the game. Just don't lose the game. The concern I have for the Panthers is always going to be the offensive line. I still um, am not sold on the offensive line. I think that's going to be an issue. Um, maybe not versus the Jets. You know, the Jets do have a strong D-line. Even though one of their players um, is injured on their defensive line, one of their top D-linemen is injured, they still have other guys on that D-line that can make plays. So, um, I think the Panthers will win – by 10 it might be a game where they might be ahead by 17 the Jets score late or it could be a game where they just pull ahead late it might be a close game they pull ahead like you know we just don't know week one other games I'm looking forward to obviously I want to see the Cowboys get beat on Thursday I have no love for Dallas um Raw and I have no love for the Dallas Cowboys over here and with Zach Martin now I think the Cowboys are going to get blown out I think Indominus Kinsu and, and JPP and that Tampa Bay D-line is going to absolutely cause hell for Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott, especially with Zach Martin out, one of the best offensive linemen in the NFL. If he doesn't play on Thursday, is Dallas Dak doesn't healthy? have a chance. That's why I want to know. Is Dak healthy? Because I keep seeing conflicting reports all over television. I'm trying to figure out, is he 100% healthy? Honestly, we will not find out until Thursday because – you know, you hear one thing, but then you hear other stuff as well. There's been a lot of rumors about his shoulder you know, health. Um, you know, obviously, he injured his shoulder in training camp, you know, in a practice, not even in a preseason game in practice, which is never a good sign. Um, you know, shoulder strains can sometimes linger. Uh, we really honestly won't know until Thursday at, like, you know, when he takes the field. And, like, I just don't think Dallas has much of a chance, you know, especially with Zach Martin out. 
Tampa was going to come out and try to send a statement to the rest of the NFL. Um, you know, they returned all their starters back from their Super Bowl team. This is a team that I'm not going to say that they can run the table, but like they're going to go to the playoffs probably two, three losses at the most. I can't see Tampa really losing more than three games this year, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Um, you know, things can happen. You know, injuries can happen. But if Tampa's healthy, they're going to dominate. Um, Pittsburgh at Buffalo is an interesting game. See um, Josh Allen versus the Steelers defense. You know, what's going on with T.J. Watt, man? You know, I know you're a Steeler Royal. You know, his contract negotiations. And you know how Pittsburgh is with their contract negotiations. Once the season starts, they don't negotiate. So, it's very interesting, man. I, that's what I'm scared about because I really don't blame him if he sits out. And like you said, we're really not a team that negotiates those type of contracts at all during the season. Um, we've lost a ton, a ton of players um, throughout our history of the organization by not paying them. Just That's just the cold, hard facts about it. We don't pay players a lot of times, which is something I definitely disagree with the organization. Um, I feel like if your player's producing – um, T.J. Watt last year, stats compared to um, – um, who won defense play? Arnold, um, Jesus, I'm going blank today. The Rams defense – the best defense tackle in – Aaron football. Donald. Aaron, Aaron Donald. Donald. If you compare their stats, T.J. blew him out in almost every category. Like last year, I thought he should have won defensive player of the year. That's a topic for a different day. Um, the fact of the matter is T.J. deserves his money. Um, our salary cap issue is very, very uh, crazy at the moment just because Big Ben is getting paid so much money. And he's talking about coming back next season, which uh, I think, you know, this is it for Big Ben, in my opinion. He's basically holding us hostage um, for our money. I mean, we don't really have money just to be spending. We got to pay TJ and we got to pay Minka Fitzpatrick, um, who, in my opinion, is top five safety in the league as well. So you're trying to distribute all this money and you don't have that much salary cap. And then on top of that, you have dead money, which you're still paying, um, you know, towards big Ben. So, I mean, it's just like, yo, like you gotta, you, you gotta cut your losses somewhere. At the end of the day, you gotta cut them off somewhere. Big Ben, I love you. I appreciate everything you've done for the Steelers organization. You brought us two rings, but the fact of the matter is the salary cap issue is hurting our organization and you're push, you know, you're pushing up an age also, um, and last year in the playoffs, you've seen that we got straight up smacked at home against the Cleveland Browns, who hadn't won a dang on playoff game in decades. I mean, it just speaks for itself. It's time to move on from Big Ben, in my opinion, after this season. And if we win a ring, which I really don't have – I'm skeptical about our team this season. I think that we will make some noise. Um, but we do have a very tough schedule this season, starting at Buffalo um, Sunday, which, you know, like I said before – we got a tough season. It remains to be seen, man. But I think we need to pay TJ. Um, I hate if he doesn't play. And I, but I really can't blame him because it's a business. Um, he is a business. And like I said, one play can change your whole career. You don't want to go down and practice knowing that you should have got paid. It happened to Bud Dupree last season. Um, it's happened to numerous players. Le'Veon Bell, it's happened to numerous players that we've had. Antonio Brown, Hines Ward before. Uh, Ryan Shazier, unfortunately. I mean, I can keep going on and on and on. On the fact of the matter is, pay the man. He deserves his pay. Yeah, man. Um, and then I'm going to give you an underrated game that, you know, many people aren't talking about, but I think it's a good matchup. Justin Herbert and the Chargers versus uh, Ron Rivera, Chase Young in that Washington defense. I mean, that's an underrated game. Um, you know, both teams have playoff aspirations. Um, the Chargers, new coach, they uh, solidify their offensive line. 
versus Chase Young in that defense. I mean, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can give Washington any offense, because Washington won that division last year, the worst quarterback played in the NFL last year. They were awful at the quarterback position last year, and they gave Tampa Bay a run for their money in that uh, playoff game. You know, Chase Young is going to be one of the best D linemen in the NFL if he's not already. Um, Washington's a team to watch in the NFC East because like, they get anything from the quarterback position. With that defense, they could win the NFC East. Even if Dallas and Dak is healthy, that's a team that could give them some problems. Um, let's see. Cleveland at Kansas City, a playoff rematch. Gonna be very that's going to be a very – that game right there is going to be crazy. I think it's going to be high scoring for sure. It's going to be very interesting to see, man. You know, Cleveland, you know, they played Kansas City tough in the playoff game. I know Mahomes got injured, but it'll be very interesting to see how Cleveland, you know, measures up versus the AFC champs. Um, Kansas City, you know, obviously offensively they're a juggernaut. With a new offensive line, like you said, going against Javian Clowney and Miles Garrett and that defense, it's going to be a very good matchup as well. And then, you know, Green Bay, New Orleans, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Jameis. Um, no Michael Thomas. Um, can he manage the game better in Sean Payton's system? How will Sean Payton call the game? Because, you know, Bruce Arians, when Jameis was with Bruce Arians, when he threw the 30 interceptions, Bruce Arians wanted to push the ball down the field and take those chances. Um, new office for Jameis. Jameis has LASIK eye surgery. A lot of people don't – you might have known, but a lot of people didn't know that Jameis had to get LASIK eye surgery because he really honestly couldn't see very well out there. <laughs> That's why he used to squint so much, especially when he was in college. You see him squint all the time. That's why. Mm-hmm. But, you know, two teams that were playoff teams last year, Green Bay, obviously a contender in the NFC, New Orleans, you know – Tampa's the favorites in the South, but New Orleans is a team that could I could see making a wild card spot in the NFC. Um, How do you feel about the Patriots? Do you feel the Patriots are being slept on? Um, I think it's kind of hard to sleep on the Patriots. Just the fact of the matter is all you've seen and heard over the radio and television the last month and a half has been the Mac Jones era. And, you know, they cut Cam Newton recently, uh, which sent shockwaves around um, all type of platforms and all you see lately is just these tabloids just trying to justify Mac Jones being like just untouchable as if like, like I, like I said before, I understand the clientele in Boston. If it's basically like, if you don't look like Mac Jones, then, you know, they don't want you. And I think, unfortunately you've been hearing from Belichick as of recently that he's not blaming um, Cam Newton on not receiving his vaccination for the reason why they cut him. Um, He even stated that, you know, he felt that Cam Newton gave his all while he's with the Patriots organization. Um, But the fact of the matter is um, Mac Jones has, you know, pretty much prepared himself um, to be the starter. Um, He was, you know, flawless in practice, flawless in preseason. Um, He knows his playbook. Um, He just seemed to take control of the locker room. He's poised. He's a rookie, but he seems like a veteran. And, you know, it's almost like they don't see any type of flaw from Mac Jones. And I think that, you know, even if he goes out there and lays an egg week one, and the fact of the matter is, based on the color of his skin, they're going to give him a pass. And, you know, even when Cam Newton was playing throughout the preseason, you even when he make a completion, you know, he's still being booed. And, you know, a lot of these fans and especially the media, especially the media, you hear time and time and over again that they feel like Cam Newton shouldn't listen to rap music. Cam Newton shouldn't dress like this. Cam Newton shouldn't talk like this. Like, they're trying to dictate how this man supposed to act on his day-to-day activities, which is just mind boggling. The end of the day, he hasn't been in trouble at law. He's not beating on women. 
He's not robbing stores and convenience stores. He's doing everything the right way, and he's doing it Cam Newton's way, which bothers these people, if you know where I'm getting at. And I feel like, hey, why is he being crucified? It's almost like he's being blackballed, in my opinion. Like, you put him in cap, almost like in the same type of categories, per se, because they're doing things the right way. They're doing it their way, and it's bothering these people. It's like, shut up and play, but when you sit here and doing it your way is an issue. How do you feel about the whole Cam Newton saga in New England, and where do you think he will, could potentially land um, this season? Because you know somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to call his number. It's going to happen. Where, where can you see him landing potentially? I mean, realistically, um, man, honestly, as of right now, I don't see Cam probably you said, won't get signed until somebody gets injured. Mm-hmm. But if I were the Dallas Cowboys and I, it would pain me to see Cam Newton in a Cowboy uniform, but it makes sense. Dak is coming off a bad ankle injury and a shoulder injury. Um, and Dallas hasn't had a quality backup quarterback in a long time. So if something happened to Dak, Cam Newton can come in there and, you know, right the ship, even if it's only for a couple of weeks or two or for the rest of the season. Um, you know, I think Washington, but obviously, you know, Ron Rivera spoke out against unvaccinated players and spoke out strongly against them. So we don't know if that will be a factor in the decision if he goes there or not. But, um, I mean, it's kind of hard right now because really most of the team are set at the quarterback position, even with their backup. So unless somebody got injured, I just don't know when a team's going to call Cam. Um, you know, Cam's – you know, obviously feels like he's a starter. And in my opinion, he's still a starter in the NFL. Um, but it's just going to depend on situation, you know, injuries. Maybe a team has a quarterback and they're struggling. Um, if I'm the Denver Broncos, I would look into it. Because Breaking news. Breaking news. I hate to cut you off. Breaking news just, just released by Adam Scheffner. Former Steeler Le'Veon Bell just signed with all rivals, the Baltimore Ravens. How do you feel about the signing Le'Veon Bell signing with the Ravens? You know, the Ravens are a run-heavy organization. Le'Veon didn't want to go back to the Chiefs because he felt like um, Andy Reid pretty much played his face. Um, he wasn't used and utilized correctly, in his opinion. He stated that on numerous occasions. He's going to an organization who runs the ball very heavily and that type of offense with Lamar Jackson. Um, how do you feel with the signing Le'Veon Bell going to Baltimore? I mean, Baltimore definitely needed running backs. They just been having a bunch of bad luck at that position with injuries um, and training camp coming into the season. Um, as far as Le'Veon Bell, I mean, we'll find like you said, we'll find out exactly what he has left in the tank. Because um, Baltimore is a run-heavy offense, they're going to run the football. They're going to try to to dominate the line of scrimmage. So if Le'Veon Bell has anything left in the tank, you know, we'll find out. And if he doesn't, you know, we'll find out also. Um, maybe I'm not sure what happened between Le'Veon Bell and Andy Reid. Maybe there was more sold on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. But we'll find out about Le'Veon Bell and what he has left um, in the next week or so. I don't know if he's going to play. Well, it's a possibility he could play right away. Um, but, you know, in Baltimore's offense, he'll definitely get opportunities for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, like I said, it's a 
a big week of football coming up, man. Like it's, it's week one. I'm like, we don't want to overreact too much because, you know, there's going to be some kinks. You know, you'll see some ups and downs throughout, you know, week one. It's, it's viable to happen. As we've seen in college football, anything can happen any given day. That's just, it is what it is, man. Um, like I said, the Mac Jones story, <laughs> the whole Mac Jones thing, I just, it's been rubbing me the wrong way just because the writing's on the wall. The writing was on the wall from the get-go. Um, Belichick never drafted a quarterback in the first round. Um, it happened this draft. He didn't draft Mac Jones for him to sit the bench. Um, I think they pulled the trigger a little bit quicker than I thought they would, but you know what happened. It happened. Um, like I said, week one NFL starts Thursday night. Tom Brady looking to repeat. Um, you know, I heard several times over this week that uh, it's hurting him that he's never went undefeated in his career, complete a season. Um, the only time he did it lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl. Um, it's, you know, that's the only thing that's left on his bucket list that he wants to achieve, which I think is very hard to do in this day and age, especially with the NFL adding a, an additional game this year. That's going to be very, very hard for them to do. But if anybody can do it um, with their schedule, they have the opportunity to, you know, at least chase that type of uh, achievement. I don't think it's going to happen though, at the end of the day. Uh, once again, uh, that completes our session this week, man. Two Shades of Blue, Carolina Blitz Podcast. My name is Royal Howe. My co-host, Terrence Hatchett. Stay tuned. Thursday night, open the week football, baby. Let's bring it. Let's get it. Y'all stay safe out there.